And welcome to the Striped Onion Show, where we peel them back good. And now to our host, the man with the plan, Sergeant Peel. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, friends. Let me tell you, I've got a, uh, another good... Now, scrub that. We've got a great interview. we got a great guest today. Uh, this is Linda Doty. Linda is a... She's... Ah, what's the word? Special. Yeah, we'll use special. Now, Linda is an embedded counselor with the Richmond County Sheriff's Office in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, one thing that if we've seen it in the past, those are so beneficial to the agency. Uh, we met Linda about a year ago. Linda, a phenomenal person, a phenomenal resource. Uh, you're going to love today's interview. She's such a great person. So uh, real quick, got to do it like every other time. Y'all get out there. Take this thing. I don't care where you're listening. Take it and share it to your social media. Please do that. We don't care about anything other than getting the word out. That is what is the most important thing right here. So without further ado, I'm going to tell you, Linda serves a large agency. Richmond County Sheriff's Office, if you're not familiar, is 750-ish men and women strong. It's a large agency. Uh, they serve over 300 square miles, three different municipalities, to include one of them being the city of Augusta, Georgia. So they are a large agency. They provide full service in all realms, plus they have a huge chunk of interstate that runs right down the middle of it. So um, large agency has a large need for mental health. Glad to see Linda, uh, jumping on board. You're going to have a great, great time listening to today's show. So without further ado, I want to get right into it. Hey, Linda, it is about time to see your beautiful face. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm going to tell you, you look like you're in a hotel room. Are you getting more educated? I'm trying to. Um, I am here in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, the training is at Okaloosa Sheriff's Office, Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office, and it's psychological resiliency for LEO families um, by Dr. Jessica Burke. And she wrote this awesome book called Policing Stress on the Home Front. Um, and I'm trying to get this education, bring it back to my agency to start a program. Because as you may know, um, law enforcement couples have tough time uh, sometimes. So we're trying to improve uh, their resiliency and increase the likelihood of um, staying together long-term and reduce those nasty numbers of divorce and infidelity and all that stuff. Just trying to improve uh, home front support for law enforcement officers. That's awesome. But you did, you, you did say something right there. You said my agency. So oh. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody. So I met Linda about a year ago, uh, Linda Doty. Uh, I met her about a year ago, going through some classes. We were in class together. Um, she's an LAPC. And tell me again, what's an LAPC? It's a licensed associate professional counselor in Georgia. So, 
long story short is she's an embedded counselor inside a local sheriff's office in Augusta, Georgia, Richmond County Sheriff's office to be exact. And I think it's cool. And the day I met her, I told her then I'm like, this is stuff that needs to happen all over. So I think it's cool that she's doing this. I appreciate her. Uh, you've been doing about a year now. In fact, you, I think me and you were talking, you said it's, it started right around COVID started. So um, yeah. you came yeah, in. Like, with the in, <laughs> yeah. They hired me in March of last year. And actually I remember a funny uh, conversation between, oh, it's funny now between chief Clayton and I, um, he was saying, cause it was just when COVID was kind of coming out and he, we had decided on a start date and he was like, maybe we should wait. And I kind of said, well, if there's any time to have a counselor at your agency, now would be a time cause stress levels are pretty high um, on top of just what they're doing every day. So. And it probably ended up being a blessing that they did hire you because nobody really knew what COVID was going to do. Uh, and now that we're pushing right at the coming up on the year mark, there's been a lot of stress riding on these cops, these cop families, uh, in related in relation just to COVID by itself, take out the stressors of the job, take out, which I'm sure there's a loss, uh, of funding or, or salaries because, and you know, this, a lot of cops, they rely on those overtime gigs, but if you don't have these clubs doing these overtime gigs and these restaurants doing these parties, then you don't have a need for cops to be working the door as much. And so you got some cops that are hurting financially, add stress. I'm going down a whole road that you already know about, but it's true. So they did hire you at a good time. I'll, I'll, I'll give chief Clayton that too. And I, like I said, I'm glad the whole crew over there said, yeah, we, we got an opportunity to do it. I'm glad the count, the County backed it up. Um, so Linda, she's got a lot of initials behind her name, so I'm not going to bore everybody, but Linda's a great resource. She's got master's degrees. She's got, uh, specializing in trauma and, you know, going into the stress management with, uh, critical incident stress management. She's getting certifications in that, obviously taking this class down in Florida to benefit cop families. I like to say it just like that cop families. That's, that's exactly where the need is. So. Um, Linda, what I know you've been doing, you didn't just wake up last March and say, Hey, I'm gonna go work for Richmond County. So tell me real quick, what did you do before you got into working in law enforcement directly? So, um, well, I worked for about six years at the Augusta Tech Law Enforcement Academy. And while I was at the Academy, I got uh, two master's degrees, uh, one in education and one in clinical mental health counseling. Um, and so I went straight from there into my internship at a private practice. And then from that private practice, um, finished my degree and went to Lighthouse Care Center of Augusta, which is an adolescent psychiatric hospital, um, and worked there for a while. And then moved over to East Central Regional Hospital, um, which is a state ad adult psychiatric hospital. And so I got all the 1013s and the hold orders and um, worked with that population. And then um, the sheriff's office called me and I met with Sheriff Roundtree and, and he kind of gave me his vision for what he wanted um, to have a counselor at the agency because he is pretty progressive uh, when it comes to mental health concerns for his officers. And he wants to make sure, well, actually all his employees that they have um, the services that they need embedded in the sheriff's office. And so 
I'm there not only for the officers, but for the civilian employees and, and even spouses um, and significant others. That's awesome. And there's, there's great programs that, that you can tap resources into as well. And, you know, obviously with going through the CISM process, training process, you've got resources on both sides of the river. Just Augusta is, you know, strategically located right on the border of South Carolina and Georgia. So you got a lot, and I'd say, I would, wouldn't be surprised to say at least 25% of the officers in Richmond County actually live in South Carolina. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that number was like that. So uh, the resources are shared across the lines, and that's one of the beautiful uh, aspects of the program with CISM. So what, uh, you know, obviously there was not something that just said, you know, law enforcement meet Linda, Linda meet law enforcement. I mean, really, is there something that actually made you want to work with law enforcement? I mean, tell me about that. Well, initially, once upon a time, <laughs> when I was very, very young, like 20 years ago, um, I wanted to go into law enforcement. I wanted to go into the FBI, actually. Um, but, you know, marriage, kids, and and it just didn't happen. And um, so then when I started on my mental health counseling, because in the FBI, I wanted to kind of work in the um, psychology aspect of it, right? And um, the, the profiler stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and so I knew that I loved psychology and I was working at the police academy and um, I just, I saw a need. There's people do not realize what law enforcement officers have to deal with just on the daily. Um, the stuff that they see, the human tragedy that they see, and they're just supposed to keep moving on like not let it bother them and and so there's a need um, because they are exposed to this trauma every single day um, their own trauma uh, they may have brought personal stuff you know into the job and and they see other people's trauma all the time um, usually when people call law enforcement they aren't calling them because something wonderful has happened um, usually it's you know something tough and so there, there was just a need uh, to address their mental health and improve it and reduce the stigma related to seeking mental health services because law enforcement have been kind of socialized for so long that talking about what's going on in their, with their thoughts and their feelings, talking about mental health needs would, was perceived as a weakness and so I, I kind of wanted to help reduce that stigma. Um, being at the police academy, forming those relationships uh, really helped um, me get that insider, you know, role. Although I wasn't a law enforcement officer, that that really helped me build those relationships. And that's actually where I met Andy Carrier, um, who is retired now. Uh, was a commander for GSP and actually uh, was the initial director for the Office of Public Safety Support in Georgia. Um, and now that's Wes Horn, but uh, he kind of pulled me in and, and took me to my first post-critical incident seminar. Um, and I got to see that just wonderful experience, that healing uh, experience for those officers and sometimes their spouses and um, and then I started going to the critical incident stress debriefings uh, with the Richmond County Sheriff's Office uh, and did that mental health role where 
just the teaching aspect part of the critical incident stress debriefings. And so I was kind of volunteering until, like I said, um, Sheriff Roundtree hired me last last March uh, to help his people. And that's what I'm trying to do. So once again, we got to blame Andy Carrier is what you're saying. Because I'm we telling you, I, I want to tell you, we had a conversation in one of my previous shows. Andy's already been on the show for the viewers back up about seven or eight shows. Andy Carrier's on here and you can listen to him and his bullcrap fishing stories he wants to talk about. But now, Linda, I'm glad Andy Carrier, I don't want to say got the bug on you, but Andy Carrier has actually brought some awesome resources into the program. The Office of Public Safety Peer Support that Georgia did that he was in charge of before he retired. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You're right. You're dead on right. That West Horn had some serious big shoes to fill, which he already has done it. I know West personally, um, but West Horn, exactly. He had some big shoes to fill with Andy Carey. You're right. Um, talk about PCIS. I've had a couple of people on these past shows that I've done that has talked about PCIS, post-critical incident seminars, between, mostly between Georgia and South Carolina. I'm assuming you've probably only been to a Georgia seminar, right? I have. I've been to four. Mm -hmm four um, post-critical incident seminars in Georgia and the last two I was able to um, provide EMDR eye movement desensitization reprocessing because the wonderful Eric Skidmore with South Carolina Leap um, helped me get that EMDR training uh, the year before last so that's 2019 so I was trained in that so I'm able to do that at PCIS and also at my agency um, for people who are appropriate for EMDR. Well, you just took my question away. I was going to ask you about EMDR next. Uh, so let me ask you this. Since you've been at Richmond County for a year now, roughly. Um, you said you've used it? Yes, I have. At, at PCIS. I, we've talked about it in past shows. Uh, EMDR uh, and a lot of cops like to call it voodoo because it looks like a little bit of voodoo. Uh, seriously, people look up EMDR. You'll see all kinds of medical research articles. It's a fabulous resource. The Sarge himself has gone through EMDR three times, and it is a great resource. But with that being said, I want to get Linda's opinion on the positivity and negativity of it. what. What have you seen with your experiences in EMDR? What what is it What has it done for the the people? It's not just officers because. Sometimes spouses have used have used EMDR with spouses because of the traumas they face with their significant others going through trauma. Right. right. Um, so, so far, I've seen remarkable results, not only when I've um, done EMDR with people, but just also seeing the results of other clinicians using EMDR with people. What's unique about EMDR is that, again, yeah, you're right, it sounds like voodoo and, and it's a bunch of scientific stuff, um, but there is an, if it works, um, which it normally does, but it doesn't work for everyone, and there are a couple different reasons that that could be, um, there could be blocking beliefs that have to be um, figured out, there could be, um, uh, it could be clinician, you know, they're not kind of prescribing to the, the normal routine of what you're supposed to do with EMDR. Um, but the result when it works is immediate. It's you watch the person go from this to 
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I forgot that this is audio. Uh, you watch a person go from being like super tense and um, just really, really keyed up to just relaxed and, and smiling. And, you know, it is this, this physical response that you can see, not just the emotional. And then you hear that they slept for the first night and however long slept well. Um, and you see that they're interacting a little more, they're more confident in their job. They're more confident just in who they are as a person. Um, and so that immediacy of when it works is, is what is pretty remarkable uh, about EMDR because most therapeutic techniques take weeks, months, you know, sometimes years depending. So. Yeah. And it's, it's not a cure all. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. It's, it's a tool. It's like, like when, when we train new officers, we provide them tools to do different types of the job. You know, for instance, you've got your firearm, you've got your baton, you got your spray, you might have your taser. You got all these tools. SWAT team has a bunch of tools to use, to make entries, to make distractions, stuff like that. EMDR is a tool for our counselors to use and you will be surprised the differences. I talked about it before, I believe with myself, like I said, three times, the first time did not work that well. Uh, and it was not anything that can be blamed on other than the fact that I was at such a post-traumatic stress position with my incident that I had to have like basically verbal counseling mm -hmm. the next day. They gave me session two and it was a game changer. Day two was different. Day one was like old school counseling. Day two was bringing in that new tool, EMDR, and it changed the game. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it, it doesn't work on everybody. You're right. There's not a statistic that'll say it's 97% effective. It's not 70% effective. You know, there's nothing out there. We can just tell you that it's pretty doggone effective mm -hmm. on most people. That's the only way we can say it. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. So with that being said, um, you know, you talk about PCIS. We, one thing I, I always bring up and you kind of hit on it. PCIS is not just for the cops too. Um, we've seen firefighters, we've seen paramedics, we've seen dispatchers, 911 telecommunicators, corrections officers. Um, there's military PCISs out there, but it's not just for those people that I just listed. It's also for their spouses too. Uh, we, we hit on it just a few minutes ago. You know, a spouse might be going through a traumatic event because her husband or his wife went through one as an officer or as a firefighter. So the families typically go through the traumatic events just as stressful and hard as the first responder or the military does. So one thing I want to encourage is if, if anybody that's listening to this show does have the opportunity to attend a PCIS, we've said it on other shows, they're all over the nation right now. Texas, South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, Missouri, Kentucky, Ohio, New York, they're all over the place and they're all identical uh, because of what you, you said his name, Mr. Dr. Reverend Eric Skidmore from SC Leap, what he stole from the FBI and turned into the PCIS. The only preacher that's ever been not charged with a larceny because he sure enough stole it and turned it into something beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. So. And I would, can I add to that? Please do. So, 
I would um, encourage people because I'm sure you have listeners from all over the country. If you don't have a PCIS in your state, reach out to the states that do because we will absolutely bring you into ours um, because we want all, you know, public safety professionals to be able to have that resource. Um, we're all about sharing um, and making sure that we can provide that service for everyone. And I say we, but um, I'm just kind of speaking for the Office of Public Safety Support in Georgia and then SC Leap in South Carolina. Well, the biggest thing right now too is COVID has got a lot of things messed up. And like South Carolina has, to, they've, they've got a pause on theirs and <clears throat> fill up every PCIS four times a year to the walls and they can't do that right now. They've actually got a complete hold on everything. They won't allow them to do a PCS right now. And you've got peer members, you've got counselors, you've got clinicians that are, you know, like, Hey, you better hurry up and get this thing crumped back up because we're going to have a list that is so long. Trauma doesn't stop. Right. But right now the PCIS and the PCIS is not an answer either. I, I will say that but the PCIS is one of those tools inside that stairway of mental health support that is beyond fabulous. And with that one gone and you're missing that kind of step that sometimes fills the gap or sometimes fixes the gap, if you will, um, on someone who's struggling with their decisions of their job or this incident or even something that might've happened off duty. But South Carolina's right now they're, they're hoping to have one, I think in the next couple of months, that will be their first one in over a year uh, because of the pandemic. So Georgia's got theirs back up and running, which is great. Uh, I know the numbers were a little lower because they were trying to keep it, you know, socially distanced the right way. Uh, I think Texas is still doing theirs. Uh, and I haven't kept up with other states, but just like Linda said, y'all, please, if you have someone you know, if you specifically need it, listen. The Sarge knows some people. I can find you something close. Um, we've helped even arrange airline tickets to get people from our area to the next PCIS that was available. And that, that one was in Texas. And we sent a firefighter to Texas because he needed it. So, I mean, we've done that. These things happen. And we've got great partnerships, just like with Linda here. You know, th this is how this program works. And that's why the SOS show is all about trying to get the word out because we want first responders to know you don't have to hold the baggage in your back pocket anymore. That ain't what it's about. Linda. Yes. You agree? Absolutely. hundred percent. There are resources out there. You just have to reach out. Don't let silence destroy you or potentially kill you. Yeah. And, and I'll add to that. Even that if you have reached out and you haven't connected well with a mental health professional, it is totally understandable and every single either counselor, clinician, psychologist or psychiatrist that I've talked to in a professional or personal manner, I will tell you, will tell you the same thing. If you don't feel comfortable with me, I can promise you there's someone else you will feel comfortable with. Don't stop your search. The same thing applies with like taking meds. If you're taking meds because you have you know anxiety or something, well, this med over here might not work for you or it might didn't work for you. So we might need to tweak it and try this one instead. That's the mentality of having a good counselor on your side. So please listen to not just the Sarge, but Linda knows what she's talking about. I mean, she's been doing this for quite a few years. She says something about 20 years. I don't think she's like 24 years old, but anyway, 
Um, I, uh, yeah, that's what I tell our people all, all, all the time, well, not all the time, during my in-service, I teach in-service block, um, and just, yeah, just like you would kind of shop around for a medical doctor if you don't feel like you two are jiving or you're not being listened to or something with a medical doctor, you have to do the same thing with a therapist or a counselor. I mean, I've heard horror stories, absolutely, um, but, but don't let that stop you. Just try to find the person that you connect with um, to build that therapeutic alliance with because they are out there. I mean, it's like shopping for a car, ain't it? Well, hopefully you want the best deal. I mean, you, you really want the best deal. You do got to look out there a little bit. You don't have to spend that much money. No, this is true. This is true. And there's some actually some great laws on the book on both sides of the river in Georgia, South Carolina, for the ones that are in the immediate area. There's laws on the book that's got funding to help first responders with mental health, trauma, and stress nope. on both sides of the river. <laughs> if you want to know about that, that's another thing. Call me, email me, whatever. Let's 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 talk about that. But anyway, Linda. So one thing I want to do, um, I, I kind of just want to give you the floor for a minute. If if you if you had the one thing that you wanted to put on the air that everybody took away from this video and said, hey maybe she's got a point. What is it? What I would encourage is to answer your own call for help. As public safety professionals, that's what you guys do is you, you help other people constantly. Um, you respond to calls and, and even in corrections. I mean, they're responding to different things within the jail and the prison. Um, as public safety professionals, you're constantly helping other people. You have to start answering your own call for help. Um, the first step to that is acknowledging that you might need a little help and then answer the call. Because if you don't answer a call, does it get better or worse? You know the answer. <laughs> it, it gets worse. It never um, gets better. No. And it can, and the problem doesn't just go away. Um, as helping professionals, the go-to is usually avoidance, right? Yep. Um, you know, if we avoid it, then it just doesn't exist. But again, if you do that on a call for help, then it just gets worse. Uh, so you have to answer your own call. You have to do whatever that means for you, whether it's reaching out to a mental health professional, whether it's reaching out to a peer, because, I mean, I say it all the time, peer support is where the magic is at. You guys help each other in ways that you don't even realize, uh, or maybe you do. Um, but having those conversations during a call or after a call or um, after work, whenever, um, that really helps kind of debrief uh, each other. And, um, and, and just that talking to someone who's been in the similar situation as you uh, can be super, super helpful. I consider mental health professionals as just another tool in the toolbox, but peers, I mean, that's, that's where the real magic is for you guys. Um, we like to call it window talk, to be honest with you. I mean, that's when the oh, call's over and, and you just saw something jacked up or something weird just happened or traumatic or whatever it is. You leave that call because, you know, you still got to be the professional out there and you dust everything off, you fix everything, you get back in your car, you leave. Most of the time you go about five minutes away at the most and you either end up in a parking lot or around a coffee shop or in the median of some highway and it's driver's window to driver's window and you're debriefing each other. Just like you said, so bingo, you guys don't know it, but you're already doing it. 
We just right. been trying to teach you how to do it even better. That's all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Teach you how to listen to listen and not listen to respond. Um, and I even say, you know, just, just talk, uh, whether it's to your significant other, your friend, peer, your dog, your cat, your lizard, um, whatever it is, just get out of your head a little bit. Um, and, and just, there are tons of resources out there. Sarge, you've already mentioned quite a few resources and I'm sure you'll have some on your, um, content, whatever, whatever platform you're on, um, but there are tons and tons of resources out there. So reach out, um, answer your own call for help. Well, I'm going to tell you that maybe actually we may have to start titling some of these shows because you just gave your show a title and that's <laughs> answer your own call. So, um, Linda, thank you very much. I, I do appreciate one. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate, uh, the fact that Richmond County brought you in because it, it needed to happen probably 50 years ago. Uh, but I appreciate them doing it now. Uh, the resources are there. Linda's just one of them. Linda's a great resource for Richmond County. If there's any of our listeners that are not Richmond County, but have a question for Linda, shoot it to us. We'll go through the website. We'll, we'll get her the question. We'll get you the answer back. Linda is a, uh, she's an open book. She's a, a great resource. Um, I, t I will, I will say this, Linda, and, and don't be surprised that we might have to do some translating because we actually had some viewers in Scotland recently so we'll see what happens that's cool yeah um Scotland, Scotland and Oregon or Oregon Ireland that's where I want to go for my 40th birthday in a couple of years ah so we finally got the age out there we go <laughs> on a serious note listen uh you're like I said you're in Florida I know you got to come back in a couple of days when you come back please safe travels uh, do soak up everything you can soak up down there, especially the sunshine, because pretty sure you're going to be coming back to a rainy, crappy weekend, just so you know. Um, but do be safe. Um, thank you for what you do. And again, on our side, if you need anything from us, you know the rules. All you got to do is call. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Well, thank you for taking out the time out your day. Thanks again for listening, friends. Let me tell you, we are greatly appreciative of your support of the SOS show, the Striped Onion show, and we are just as grateful for the friends we have inside our CISM network. Don't forget to share today's SOS call on your social media platforms. That is critical to getting the word out. And also make sure to leave some comments on whichever platform you listen to us on. We will respond to you. Visit our website at some point, thesosshow.com, and check it out. See what we have there. Sign up for the email notifications about shows and events we have coming up in the future. This is all about the first responders, about their support circles. So we want to make sure that it is impactful. And until next time, we hope everyone has a great day and a great week. Y'all stay safe out there, and God bless.